Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and here with me today on site at the Wintrust Arena in Chicago are Jake Pavorsky and Josh Brown. Josh, how's it going? Doing great, Dan. I don't know if we've done a live podcast before, maybe a couple of years ago, but uh, good to be here. Uh, Jake, what's up? It's so great to see both of your faces. And Wintrust Arena, what a, a gorgeous facility. Very excited for us to finally kick off this great championship week starting Thursday night uh, on ESPN. That's exactly what we're going to talk about, guys. This is going to be, I think, probably the greatest final eight that we've ever had. We've got everything from favorites to underdogs to actual literal underdogs playing tonight on ESPN2. But um, Josh, let's start off with your general thoughts about what we're looking at here uh, in the final eight. I guess the quarterfinals, we're calling it championship week live on all the ESPN family networks. Well, I think generally, uh, I think the best matchup is the one that fans are going to watch tonight, not in terms of maybe, uh, or second tonight, in terms of the one you mentioned, Dan, with the Marquette team and the underdogs, kind of what TBT's all about. Jake and I have been talking all week about how good this Marquette team is with Jamila Wilson. They bring in Travis Diener, who um, really, I don't think, really wants to be playing basketball right now, but is just kind of doing it out of love for Marquette, coming back and playing with his guys at 37 years old, just finished another year over in Italy and won the championship. So he had a long year in Italy and now coming back. Uh, and then you have, they're playing the underdogs, which is kind of a very TBT story. They have guys who are truck drivers and uh, the GM is a barber and UPS drivers. And um, they won three games in the Memphis Regional. Now they're playing here in championship week. And it's kind of a great story to watch. So um, you, you kind of have stories like that up and down if you look at the different matchups. But I think everyone here um, maybe has fond feelings for that one that we're going to see uh, number two tonight. Jake, let's start off with the first game that we have tonight. This is going to be on Thursday, August 1st, live on ESPN. It's the number one seeded Eberline Drive, which really just barely made it through the South, uh, sorry, South, the Salt Lake City Regional, which in my opinion, top to bottom, was probably, I think, our best regional overall in terms of quality. But they made it through. Uh, and I, I always say that it doesn't matter how you win, it matters that you win. They made it through. They're playing the number one seeded Carmen's crew, which had almost the opposite experience when they were in Columbus. They dominated going through that Columbus regional. We have um, really no new players except for Dewan Blair added late to the Everline Drive roster. Nobody new for Carmen's crew. Your thoughts on this matchup between the one seated Everline Drive and the one seated uh, Carmen's crew? It is an interesting dynamic as you compare a team that just kind of had to dogfight their way through each game versus uh, a team in Carmen's crew that had an easy to route in Columbus and, and didn't have too much trouble. Everline Drive, at least in Salt Lake City, granted they were able to pull those games out. I haven't felt the same sort of uh, style and energy from those guys as I have in previous years. It, it seems like it's been much more of a struggle for them uh, to really get together to knock down shots. Jerome Randall and Donald Sloan, obviously incredible players, incredible scorers, just haven't seen that as consistently from them this year. But obviously that means they're, they're certainly due and it could come against that Carmen's crew team. I think the fact that Carmen's crew does have John Diebler, at which at first sounded like he was a little bit up in the air with the the birth of his uh, his kids on the way. Uh, having him for depth purposes is great. I think Quentin Ross has been a really underrated uh, guy for that team. I, I think not having Jared Sullinger and uh, or Deshaun Thomas available to play for them is tough because they do have a good front line with Evan Ravenel. Uh, but it's a little smaller. Obviously, Jeff Gibbs is, a, is not your traditional big man. He's 6'2". And, and Everline does have some some depth, some height, some power up front. And with adding Dewan Blair, who won the TBT Championship in 2017, gives him a nice little piece there. Uh, it's going to be a close one. I know that Carmen's crew is, is the favorite online on some of the, the popular sites where people would, would make predictions. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, with Everline Drive here. I think that they, they narrowly pull this one out, and, and a couple of those guys finally find the rhythm uh, that, that was lacking them in Salt Lake City. Josh, do you think that having gone through the fire as extensively as Everline Drive did in Salt Lake City is going to help them 
hurt them? Do you think it exposed them, or do you think it actually hardened their resolve to, to try to win this game tonight? I think uh, it'll help them for sure. I mean, I agree with Jake that in Jerome Randall, he, he made like a video on um, Twitter or whatever being like, yeah, we, we, we haven't played like a good game yet, but I actually think it ends up kind of helping you a little bit. I mean, they kind of have that kind of overseas elite, like champions mentality that they've played a couple of close games. They haven't played well, but they found a way to win them. Um, and that's really on Jerome and Donald and Taylor Braun made a couple of big plays and they're getting contributions up and down the team, the roster. So um, I actually, I like Everline too. I think the fact that they weren't able to just run away with those games and they were kind of tested in a way that they weren't last year until the later rounds. Um, I think it'll help them. And um I think I think they'll narrowly uh, get this one. So the second game tonight on Thursday, August first, is going to be the Golden Eagles, the one seed who really I felt looked great in Wichita, especially the late addition of Jamil Wilson made a huge difference for them. But Dwight Bikes is playing his his tail off for the Golden Eagles alumni team. They're going to play the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs, underdogs in name and in spirit from Jackson, Tennessee. I'm personally excited about seeing Jackson, Tennessee play. I've been talking to these guys for four years, finally had a chance to meet them today. And I have to say they did not disappoint. They've got the whole city of Jackson, Tennessee behind them. And they really have, Josh, one of the breakout players of TBT 2019 in Jalen Barford. To just put it into context, their biggest fan is maybe the mayor of Jackson, who um, I, I've been kind of waiting, but I want to ask him. I really legit think there's a chance they get like the key to the city, depending on how everything goes, even maybe just for making it. But um, yeah, Jalen Barford, uh, he played a year ago for Jackson when they uh, they beat the Zoo Crew in round one, and they um, lost to team for that round too. Um, and he played really well, but now he's been a pro for a year. He, he played right out of college the year before. He's been a pro. He played in the G League down in Greensboro. Um, and he really, I think just, you know, again, something Jake and I were talking about, just his game is at a different level than it was a year ago and kind of a testament to grow, you know, how he's grown as a pro. Um, but, I mean, he is without a doubt one of the five best players in in Chicago this week. Um and then, you know, aside from him, you look and they just have guys who make shots. They they play as a team. They make good plays. The Long brothers are really, really good players who don't probably get enough credit. Um, you know, I think there's no doubt that the Golden Eagles are the favorite and probably have more talent from top to bottom. But uh, you mentioned it, Dan, when you're playing with kind of that underdog uh, spirit and mentality and you can tell how much these guys care. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't be quick to count them out. Jake, we were talking pregame uh, about this matchup. I mean, actually, one of the points that I made, and I was curious about your reaction to it, is that if Jackson has a chance in this game, and given that they don't have anybody above six foot six, or they have a chance, I should say, in, against any team in the round of eight, it might be this Marquette team. There's not really a lot of size. The one big that they really do have is Jamil Wilson, who's, I think, as you would say, is a is really like a stretch five. He's not really going to go into the basket and bang down there. Um, and Jackson Tennessee is a very tough team. They play very hard, very fast. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I think it's going to be a matchup of two, you know, very well-coached teams. I think Dexter Williams and Joe Chapman, respectively, have done an incredible job getting their teams here. Uh, obviously, in terms of, of notable talent, Golden Eagles certainly kind of surpasses Jackson Tennessee, and and that team looked good. Andrew Rousey um, and Dwight Bikes certainly held it down on Friday and Saturday, but. Look like a completely different team with Jamil Wilson in the fold on Sunday. They move him to the five. He's rebounding. He's knocking down shots. He's stretching the floor, creating driving lanes for other guys. I mean, Jamil Wilson, I personally think, is an NBA player through and through, as is Dwight Bikes. And the fact that they get, you know, uh, Travis Diener as well as Jerome McNeil to come and play, you know, hopefully 10, 15 minutes a game, I think is a big piece for them. Granted, this is, it, like you said, this is the matchup. If Jackson is going to win one, it's this because 
Um, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to who is knocking down shots, who's creating plays, who's running a, a, a good styled offense as opposed to, you know, who's overpowering the other one down low. So it's going to be a matchup of, uh, of wits and, and shooting ability, and I think they both have that. I will say I don't think there's a looser team in all of TBT than Jackson, Tennessee. They came in today's shoot-around laughing, having a good time, you know, doing shooting competitions with each other. This looks like a team that is not phased by the moment whatsoever, and I think that's certainly going to help them uh, in a big-time matchup to try and get them through to Sunday. Well, Jackson's definitely playing with house money, and that's going to be the second game on ESPNU tonight, actually, when we're recording this on, on Thursday, August 1st. We've got two games again on Friday, August 2nd. The first round, the first matchup of the night is on ESPN. It features the four-time champion overseas elite who have just reloaded again uh, for the quarterfinals against Loyalty is Love. That's DeMarcus Cousins' team. This is going to be at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, Josh, you were able to see Overseas Elite last weekend in Richmond. I mean, the team looked as impressive as they've ever looked, even with all the new pieces that they have. And now they've added a whole bunch of new guys, including NBA vet Jonathan Simmons, uh, Drew Gordon, and possibly uh, Tony. Well, Tony Taylor is definite. We heard a little tidbit about him that Jake and I will tell you about. And then Walter Sharp is a possible other one. But really, the revelation, I thought, in terms of how well he fit in with this team was Bobby Brown last weekend. Yeah, I mean, we watched it on that regional championship game um, where Bobby Brown hitting shots from everywhere. I mean, I think the thing about OE is, um, you know, these additions are big, the NBA caliber like you talked about, but they could have brought in nobody and they would have been fine. Um, You know, the five that they have with Kane, Kennedy, Burrell, Pargo, Bobby Brown, I mean... I, I don't know. It's going to be really tough to beat that. Loyalty is love. They have a good team. Pierre Jackson playing great. Isaiah Austin playing great. But um, the five that they have, actually, Seth Greenberg did a preview for us, and he said the maybe the most important thing about winning in TBT is having played in this tournament and having TBT experience and knowing that you're going to get punched in the mouth. And um, Loyalty is love. They, they had a couple of tough games. They played some really good opponents in KBC and Fort Wayne especially. But um, I don't know. When you're going up against the champs and they're uh, as hungry as ever, as you guys can attest to, to win, um, I don't know. I think they might be in for a little bit of a rude awakening tomorrow. Again, that's going to be the 7 o'clock matchup. So Loyalty is Love, uh, Jake, also looked really great when they were in the Lexington Regional. That's a location that you were. Um, one quick note, we were talking to DJ Kennedy before the first games on Thursday here, and he was telling us a little bit about Tony Taylor, and he said that's really an under-the-radar addition. He's a 94-foot defender. I'm fascinated to see how all these guys fit in. But talking about Loyalty is Love, Jake, your impressions of that team, having seen them in Lexington, do they have the level of intensity that you need to have to order in order to just even compete with overseas elite well I think when DeMarcus Cousins is your team GM you're going to be intense no matter what and I think coach Otis Hewley has done a great job of of whipping those guys into shape and staying on top of them granted those guys are all stars in their own right a lot of them played in the NBA a lot of them are making you know high seven figures playing overseas um, so they, those are guys that don't necessarily need to be here. They want to be here. They're competitive. They're hungry. They want to win these games. So in terms of, of being tough and being locked in, I don't question that with loyalty is love whatsoever. Uh, I, Scotty Hobson, who, who played at Tennessee, is a nice addition to that team. It gives them uh, a nice wing player to replace Markel Brown, who got injured and was never able to join the team. Uh, it, it's going to come down to, you know, you have a great guard matchup in, in Kiefer Sykes and Pierre Jackson versus Bobby Brown and Jeremy Pargo. Uh, if loyalty is love, can use their size, can be able to stay with that you know big lineup of Quincy Miller, Isaiah Austin, and Willie Reed. It, it poses some matchup issues for overseas elite uh, for sure. At the same time, 
uh, those guys have you know are trial tested. They've been through the fire. Through the fire. I always thought that you know as long as Eric and Kyle Fogg were on that team, you know that team could end up winning it all. It's becoming clear that as long as DJ Kennedy, Justin Burrell, and DeAndre Cantor on that team, they can do whatever they want. This, in my eyes, is the championship game. Whoever wins this game is going to at least go to the championship game and, and will possibly win it. But this is this is the one I think that will really set the tone for the rest of the weekend. The other side of that bracket, bracket uh, features our second game that night, which is going to be on ESPN2. This is a, a team that is loaded with EuroLeague talent, Team Hines against the number three-seeded team, Brotherly Love. Brotherly Love looked amazing in Syracuse last weekend, even from afar. Again, this is pretty much the same squad that was played under the title uh, Talladega Knights last year. They looked great up in Syracuse. They beat Bayheim's Army on their home court in Syracuse in front of thousands of Syracuse fans clad in orange and screaming their names. Uh, Team Brotherly Love has an unfortunate loss. It looks like Ramon Moore is not going to be playing with them, but they do pick up uh, Jason Thompson as well as Rodney Green. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on this matchup, bringing in Thompson and Green and whether that makes up for the loss of Ramon Moore against Team Hines, which, again, is loaded, added a whole bunch of more of, of EuroLeague quality guys. Uh, we can talk about those in a second with Josh, but your thoughts on Team Brotherly Love. What do they have to do to win this game? I think they just have to continue doing what they're doing. This is a matchup of a team that is well-organized, guys that have played with each other for years in Philadelphia. I've obviously been practicing, you know, in between the Syracuse Regional and getting here as well as, you know, well into the lead-up beforehand. They're all local. A lot of these guys played together on that Talladega Knights team last year. So it's a, a group of guys that have a ton of chemistry. You watch the, the way they carved up the, that Bayheim's Army 2-3 zone. I mean, they put on an absolute clinic. Uh, France Massonat, I think, is probably the most underrated player CBT has to offer. Uh, and is certainly pushing for, you know, first team honors, let alone MVP ones. You bring in Jason Thompson, who I think, you know, gives them a little more skill at the five. Sammy Givens has done a tremendous job as a small ball five for them. But anytime you can bring in someone like Jason Thompson, uh, who played in the NBA, I think, for nearly a decade, uh, has actually learned to step out and shoot now. So he brings a little floor spacing as well as some size and some some athleticism. On top of Rodney Green, who's a solid scorer, who can definitely help make up for the loss of Ramon Moore. I think that team is still a sneaky good team. And Hines is obviously an incredible team. A lot of guys with NBA, you know, EuroLeague experience. They bring in uh, Darius Adams, top scorer in China. Mackenzie Moore is a solid guard overseas, as well as Ricky Hickman, who played at UNC Greensboro uh, alongside Kyle Hines. It, it's a matchup of, you know, will Hines' pure talent, all those guys individually, be enough to outlast Brotherly Love, who plays well as a unit? It's going to be really interesting to see. Hines added uh, Ricky Hickman, Darius Adams. Uh, Marcus Demon doesn't look like he's going to be on the game day roster, but they do have, obviously, Mike James coming back. They're going to be missing Nick Calathis. Josh, you saw Team Hines play in Greensboro. Um, your thoughts on this team. Is this a team that if they had, can first of all, can they beat Team Brotherly Love, given how well that team has been playing? And second of all, even if they do, is this a team that could dethrone Overseas Elite in the semifinals? I don't know. I mean, Dan, you were in Greensboro, too. It's tough to tell if in Greensboro they were just that much more talented than everyone or if they're really, like, clicking, if that makes sense. Like, I think I had that backwards. They don't. They could not meet until the championship game, Hines and Overseas Elite. Yes, correct. Um it's tough to tell, though, like, were they just so much talent, more talented that they were able to kind of, because they, they weren't dominant. I mean, they played a couple of really close games in Greensboro. Um, I will say um, Mike James seems to really be getting into TBT, especially this week. Eric McCollum was kind of egging him on um, with, you know, you guys 
have a good team. You can't beat overseas elite. Um, it seems like he's kind of getting into it. And I think that's what they need. Like, I think they just need somebody to really punch them in the mouth. And I think brotherly love could be that team. But I think if Hines, like the best thing that could happen for Hines is like getting down 10 early. Cause I think they're really going to start to kick himself into gear and get like competitive. I think um, they walked in, they know the pedigree that they have on that team. They have an unreal roster, probably the best roster we've ever had in TBT just on the names alone. And I really think they just need somebody to, go up 10 or 15 on them early and really get them into that third gear. Um, Brotherly Love, like Jake said, could obviously beat them. They're playing amazing. Their chemistry is amazing. Um, Tony Paris is maybe the most underrated coach we have in TBT. He's doing an amazing job with that team. Um, I think Hines ends up winning. Um, but like I said, I'd like the, for them to face a little bit of adversity in this ga- this uh, quarterfinal game in Chicago just to see how they kind of react to it. All right, guys, we've teased this a little bit. I want to take just a couple of minutes and talk about it. We have the Puma Hoops dunk contest coming up between games one and two uh, on Friday night. It's going to be a unique contest. Basically, it's a posterizing scenario all the way through. We have a couple of tiebreakers in the event that guys are tied. They get to do an individual-type dunk. But this is going to be a tournament-style dunk on each other. I mean, it's just like everything you would ever do in an eight-foot hoop. You know, when you're playing against your buddies, um, any favorites, Josh, in your mind as you're thinking about the dunk contest? Who do you have your eye on in terms of potentially winning this thing? Well, I, I was looking at the roster and I was saying I hope we're having them sign waivers or something ahead of time because Will Coleman might legitimately send someone to the hospital. I mean, if you don't know who Will Coleman is, Google him or just watch the Puma dunk contest. I mean, he is a massive individual. Um, he doesn't play basketball anymore, but he keeps himself in incredible shape. He's huge. He's a massive guy, um, and we've seen him dunking in TBT. He played with the Memphis alumni team the last couple of years and um he's my favorite I don't know if he'll win I don't know if that'll translate into a posterized competition but the force that he throws down with every dunk it's unreal and I think him alone is a uh, reason to watch the the dunk contest I think Will Coleman is kind of like that shark that's lurking in the water off the beach that nobody knows exactly where it is but they're waiting for it to come up and bite him in the leg because he's this giant guy he's like six nine with he's at least a 35 inch vertical and he's built like a Mack truck all these other guys are a lot shorter, Jake. It seems like you've got guys that are like between, say, 5'10 and maybe 6'3", 6'4". Um, a late addition for the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs was A.J. Merriweather, who's the 2017 uh, NCAA dunk champion. I was watching that guy in warm-ups today, and he's got ups like you would not believe. Yeah, he looks ready to go. I mean, they brought him in almost for the purpose of being able to participate in this dunk contest as well as helping them uh, in, in this matchup against the Golden Eagles and going forward. I mean, anytime you can bring in someone with that kind of caliber, uh, you know, dunking skills, that, that vertic- verticality uh, is certainly going to to be a, a force to be reckoned with in that dunk contest. I think Khalil Iverson as well from Wisconsin, who's 6'5", a little bit smaller than someone like Will Coleman, but is also really well built. Um, played really well in Cold-Blooded's only game uh, in TBT. Threw down a lot of dunks. Uh, a lot of good highlights of him throwing down windmills, dunking on people. Uh, he's He's got ups for sure, and he's he's an undersized big man. I mean, he played the 4 or 5 for them at Wisconsin, which shows you you need to be tough, you need to be physical, you also need to have some bounce to play like that in the Big Ten, and I think he's gonna. it's a good opportunity for him to display that. $40,000 on the line uh, for first place. These guys are going to go hard for sure. All right, so round one of that contest is all eight participants are going to dunk on each other. They'll be graded by a panel of judges, including uh, Chris Brickley. Internet sensation Chris Brickley, uh, Puma Hoops endorser, as well as um, DeMarcus Cousins. And then who was the Michael Porter? And uh, Sterling Brown of the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, so that's great. So we have an all-star panel of guys that have probably posterized or been posterized quite a few times themselves. 
<laughs> That's great. So in any event, um, round one, they're going to posterize each other. It'll be graded by those four judges. The two highest scores are going to advance, and then they're going to dunk on each other from that point. If they both are successful, we'll go with the highest grade. If they both miss, it's sudden death posterization. That's going to be live on ESPN2. We're going to get that whole thing done in about a 30-minute window. I'm looking forward to it. Um, guys, that's it for this version of the, this episode, rather, of the TBT podcast. We're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to try to get some sights and sounds of the TBT Championship Week from here in Chicago. We'll talk to some of the players. We'll have more information for you about any late-breaking developments for some of these games, and we'll give you as much inside information as we possibly can. Thanks so much for listening, Jake and Josh. Thanks for your time, and we'll be back again soon with another episode, rather, of the TBT Podcast.